Apple wins an Oscar, and streams Friday Night Baseball. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Get important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for your Mac right inside Slack. Try all of Collide's features on an unlimited number of devices free for 14 days, no credit card required, at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, there's a lot going on with Apple TV right now, uh, in case you haven't heard. And Charlotte Henry is back with us to talk about that, as well as her new podcast. Charlotte, welcome. It's great to see you. Oh, it's so good to be back, Chuck. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm good, but I do think that you have to promise not to slap me during this, uh, this show. I wouldn't dream of it. As if I could reach across the Atlantic even, I wouldn't dare. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but you're making a sly dig at our, the rather unfortunate events at the Oscars, aren't you? Well, which, of course uh, I am, because how could you not? Which uh, rather um, took away the glamour of Apple's big night, and it was a big night for Apple TV+, Plus, winning that- Best Picture. Well, Charlotte, that's one of one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Mm. Um, because Apple, yes, I mean, obviously it's great. Apple won Best Picture, but I guess I'm not I'm not I'm not into the 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 filmmaking world enough to understand why this is such a big deal. Other than Apple is a, a bit of an upstart, um, because you you knew that sooner or later somebody had to pick up a best picture that was not one of the quote major studios. Why is this so important? So, I think your characterization of it of who it matters to is spot on. I don't think winning best well perhaps you and I might see a movie had won an award and think. I'm more inclined to spend my time and money watching that movie because it's been recognized. You know, maybe that's true. But I think for the people in the industry, even as audiences get less interested in uh, award ceremonies, and if you look at the TV figures for, I think, any of the ceremonies, it's dropped considerably, hasn't it, over the years. Um, I think it really matters to the people in the industry. And I also think this particularly mattered to Apple because they beat Netflix. They became the first uh, streaming service to pick up the Best Picture Oscar, and I think that really mattered to them. And it, like, it's one of the things that, you know, Netflix has won all sorts of awards, and Apple has won awards in its time, particularly thanks to Ted Lasso and a few other things as well. But uh, to win such a prestigious award and to, for it to be something that Netflix has not done, I suspect mattered quite a lot to the people involved in TV+. And, of course, there's another thing about this particular movie that won Coda, which is that it, you know, it's a depiction of a deaf family with one hearing member, the Coda, the child of deaf adults, um, and her kind of way of navigating, wanting to have her life in music and also helping her family. Um, and so there's obviously a representation issue around CODA as well, and that, you know, the way there's been screenings that have had captioning and have been for people who are deaf and hard of hearing, and kind of how it's opened that world up as well to people. And, of course, it wasn't just the best picture uh, that Apple TV Plus picked up for this film. Um, Troy Kutzer, who's one of the stars of the film, won Best Supporting Actor. He's the first deaf male ever to win that award. 
and uh, Sean Heller, the writer, picked up Best Adaptive, Adapted Screenplay. So it was a pretty big night all round. But yeah, somewhat sadly overshadowed by some not very pleasant things. So your point about this being important to the industry, I think, is is really interesting to me um, because that makes a lot more sense than just the fact that Apple won won the Oscar uh, for Best Picture. Uh, so because, the, well, and you and I have had some debates here. We've had some debates on other shows um, about the importance of Apple getting into this business. Had some debates in business. Slack and Twitter DMs. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, about, about the importance of Apple getting into this, mm. uh, this arena, you know, and is it, is it enough? And I, I, I admit I've been traveling the last couple of weeks, so I haven't been quite up, as up on the Apple News as I would like to be. But the the number of shows that seem to be being announced as becoming Apple projects with big name stars, um, I mean, my head's kind of swimming because I can't keep track of them all. Um, and they keep coming out. They keep announcing things. So Apple seems to be generating an awful lot of buzz uh, around around this particular segment of the industry. I think that's right. I think the the issue that happened kind of two and a half years ago when Apple TV Plus first launched, that everyone thought this was a bit of a silly thing, um, that no one was taking that seriously and why would you spend your money on it as opposed to spending your money on Netflix or Amazon Prime Video or HBO Max or something. Um, I think that is increasingly, that argument is becoming less and less relevant to people, I think. Uh, there's there is a huge amount of stuff, even though it's all still originals. Apple doesn't hasn't basically bought a back catalogue at all. It's bought a few of the peanuts things, but that's it. Um, you know, I, I think that is a, a really important dynamic that has shifted now. That there is suddenly a lot of substantive content on Apple TV Plus that you would want to spend your time and money on. So this was something that seemed to be debated, uh, something you just referenced, that Apple did not buy a, a big back catalog. Mm -hmm. They they very, very carefully cherry-picked what they wanted, but it's a small, a, such a small percentage that you almost forget that it's a back catalog. I mean, it's essentially negligible, apart from the kind of peanut specials. And I think Fraggle Rock, there's basically no back catalog there. It's all originals and the whole strategy is about originals. And we're seeing that, you know, I've seen a lot of buzz around the show Severance recently. Um, Ted Lasso was obviously the huge, huge, huge breakthrough hit. Um, there's the star power of things like the morning show um, with, with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. You know, there, there's stuff. It's a, it's a serious player now. It will never, I would imagine, ever have the quantity of a Netflix or an Amazon Prime video. We, you know, it's been two and a half years now, and we're not seeing any move towards that uh, changing. I think one of the ways they could have changed that was to have picked up MGM and the James Bond back catalogue when that was available. But that obviously decision was didn't happen. Um, so I think they, they obviously are sticking to this original strategy for the foreseeable um, and, you know, when you see things like Coda picking up such prestigious awards, it sort of justifies it. I should say, actually, Apple didn't develop Coda in-house. It picked up at the Sundance Film Festival where the film was very well received by all accounts. So, isn't you know, it's, there are originals in the sense that Apple owns them, 
but not everything is kind of scripted and produced and developed within Apple. The film code existed before it appeared on Apple TV Plus and in some theatres. But it was purchased exclusively for Apple TV Plus. And, and as I say, it, it had a couple of runs in theatres as well. Well, wasn't that the case for the one Tom Hanks movie? Um, who The name is escaping uh, me. Greyhound, that yeah. was originally meant to be in cinemas. And then COVID meant there were no cinemas. And so Apple TV Plus picked it up um, and broadcast it. Um, and Tom Hanks originally was not very pleased or made comments to indicate he was not very pleased. He was going on, quote unquote, just, well, just a streamer. I'm putting that in air quotes. Um, but uh, he then re- he brought that back quite quickly and was delighted to be on Apple about 24 hours later, as I recall. When he was on um, oh, Finch. He did Finch as well. And then Finch, yes, that was a follow-up that came after Greyhound. Yeah, that's a Apple TV Plus Tom Hanks film as well, yeah. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm looking to you as the expert because um, Mr. That's Hanks comments. That's always ominous. Mr. Hanks comments about just a streamer. Um, well, Netflix is just a streamer, and so are several others. But Yeah, let me be clear. I don't think he said those exact words, but he I can't remember the exact quote. But he was kind of... He expressed some upset originally that people were not seeing Greyhound in kind of the big screen glory that he had envisioned for that film. Um, Which, you know, if you put a lot of time and money and effort into that, a film I could sort of understand. Um, And then 24 hours later was a bit, you know, some comments were highlighted to me where he he made it clear that he was delighted that Apple had helped get his project out into the world, which I think probably is a fair way, you know, was probably a better way to deal with it. Um, but yeah, that was quite a funny thing. And I think people, but I, I think, and I think the Oscars win kind of proves this. People have got over this idea that something being on a streaming platform is inferior or lesser. And if they haven't, they they kind of should quite quickly. Well, I, I, I agree with you. And you know, I mean, COVID taught us all a lot of things, not the least of which is that we can enjoy a home theater situation Um and during COVID, a lot of people upgraded their home theaters or, you know, and, and now have found that, hey, there's a lot to be said for it. They're, they're not people talking in the background. You can make definitely better popcorn at home um, and you can see the movies on the schedule that you want rather than having to drive to the theater, uh, you know, make your appointments or buy your tickets or whatever and and then experience it there. I've since since the lockdown ended, I think I've been to one, maybe two movies. And, you know, the, again, the experience, there's no question this, the screen is bigger than I have in my home. Um, and, <laughs> even and are, your TV set, it's even e- bigger than e- your home. Yeah. Theater set. <laughs> even well, you. Mine's not all that big, but you know, the, the whole idea that, you know, I, I still can have a pretty decent experience here. So there have been some movies I absolutely acknowledge that I have skipped and waited for them to become available on streaming. Yeah, and, the, the movie I made a point of seeing in a cinema uh, was the James Bond movie. Yes. I did go that, and see that. You're right. So that makes at least two that I can I can remember um, that, that I've been to the theater. But it's just not quite the... I don't feel it's quite as necessary as maybe it once was um, to go see it, see something in the theater that that I might be having a subpar experience if I'm waiting for it on, on streaming. No, I mean, it simply can't be, can it? 
it, you know, that's just not right. You know, for those of us, you know, who are lucky enough to be able to afford nice TVs and comfy sofas and some good snacks, you know, as you say, there's, there's lots of advantages to the kind of home viewing experience. Do you think there's, uh, f- from the actor standpoint and the, the people involved in the projects, do you think this helps legitimize the streaming services as a distribution point? Well, I think probably Netflix did that because it won a bunch of awards and recognition for its stuff before. But I think the fact that it's now not just quote-unquote Netflix or whatever, I think the fact that another streaming service has won such a big prestigious award with such a you know well-received film does make a difference. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Get important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for your Mac right inside Slack. Collide sends employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Linux, Mac, and Windows devices right inside Slack. Some companies try to lock down their employee devices, which is great for security, but terrible for productivity and usability. Collide has a better way. Collide knows that end users are IT admins' most significant untapped resources and the key to solving the most challenging security issues, including instructing developers to set passphrases or unencrypted SSH keys, finding plain text two-factor backup codes and teaching end users how to store them securely, and convincing employees to uninstall evil browser extensions that may sell their browser history. Those are just some of the many use cases that are not solved by locking down devices. You can try Collide with all its features on an unlimited number of devices for 14 days, free, no credit card required. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to sign up today. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Try all of Collide's features on an unlimited number of devices for 14 days, free, no credit card required. And be sure to enter your email when prompted to receive your free Collide gift bundle after trial activation. That's collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting this week's Mac Voices. Yeah, I, I, I'm, the, the more a, it happens, the more it must normalize it, right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, because this is a world I don't play in. So I, I look at, you know, the, the stars and celebrities and all those things. And if they've been in something that I like, I probably remember them. If not, candidly, I don't. I'm not a big pop culture person from that standpoint. So I just wonder, you know, how, how this does affect all of that. Because success breeds yeah. success. For sure. I, I think I think that really is the bottom line, that success breeds success. Um, but, it, you know, it is a big moment, I think, for Apple to win this award with this kind of film. Because um, it was also kind of, when it was just, you know, when it was winning TV awards for Ted Lasso, which it cleaned up all sorts of, t- you know, year, Jason Sudeikis won a load of awards, the show itself won loads of awards. There were various ceremonies where the stars of Ted Lasso were competing against each other in the same category, you know, best supporting actor categories, I think was all, uh, you know, there'll be two or three uh, Ted Lasso stars competing for the same thing, um, which is a huge achievement for a, what was meant to be just a silly half hour comedy or whatever. Um, so I think, all of these different things have changed how people, you know, the the critics and the great and the good of the TV and film world see streaming broadly and TV Plus specifically. 
Yeah. I, I hope it continues. I mean, I think we've talked a little bit before about the business model that Apple chose for mm. this. And it seems to be working out very well uh, as long as they have the money and they continue to have these successes. Uh, and I, you know what? I'm going to take Ted Landau, uh, uh, Ted Landau, Ted, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Ted, uh, Ted Lasso out of that because that was such a, it was the right show at the right time. It was such an incredible hit, but everything that has come on, on, you know, behind that or beside it, you know, there've been some really quality content, not all mm. appealed necessarily to me, but. No, no, no me. But I think quality is the name of the game for Apple. And it has always been about quality, not quantity. Yeah. And I guess you could make the case that the fact that they are winning prestigious awards and that the single singular shows and film films are winning multiple awards is an endorsement of that strategy. Agreed. But films aren't the only thing Apple's doing. No. Take me out to the ball game, Chuck. Are you a baseball fan, Charlotte? I quite enjoy baseball. I have to say, I do enjoy baseball as a kind of – I'm one of the rare Brits that do quite enjoy baseball, yeah. And obviously Apple TV Plus got uh, has won the rights to some Friday night baseball. Um, it started the Friday before we recorded this show, the kind of opening Friday of the new season. Uh, has a, I think it has two games each Friday night. Um, and I, I kind of, it was about midnight when it started here where I am, but I settled into bed and, and watched it a bit. And it was, it's a pretty impressive setup. I mean, you mentioned the quality and the production of the TV and film content. They're keeping that for, um, the baseball, you know, they're taking it seriously. It looks like, I don't see it looks any different to what you would see on, I don't know, the MLB app or ESPN or something when you've watched it on there. You know, that they're pretty, you know, they're doing it very high quality. There was a funny moment, Chuck, where after all this build-up, um, the lights went out at National Park, Nationals Park and the game got delayed. And I could sort of just have this image of Tim Cook legging it towards Washington to turn the lights on national parks back (laughs) as he watched in horror as their first big debut into a, into baseball and live sport went a bit wrong because the lights had failed. But, you know, there was a lot of kind of endorsement of Apple products. One of the big name players whose name escapes me actually um, was kind of making jokes about wanting Apple TV's 4Ks and AirPods and whatever sent to his team, him and his teammates. And actually during the broadcast, there was a, they turned out that like the whole team was getting a load of TV 4Ks and whatever. So it was all very, you know, it was very Apple. Um, an interesting thing is that I didn't see any adverts, whereas uh, friends in America were tweeting, they were seeing all sorts of adverts, which was kind of interesting. I think there was some crypto stuff i think there was some health stuff there was ads i think for apple originals as well i saw people tweeting about so they're, they're chucking some ads in there um yeah and it's worth pointing out as well that uh the friday night baseball you don't have to pay for it's all the games are free within the tv app at the moment and it's also blackout free so wherever you are in america because obviously i i don't have blackouts here because um i can I'm not in any of the relevant areas. I'm in the UK. But uh, obviously, for example, you can't watch the New York Yankees if you're sitting in New York, right? 
um, on some of the streaming services because there's blackouts and you have to watch it on a, a TV network. But uh, none of that apparently applies to the Apple TV Plus broadcast either. So there's some quite interesting dynamics going on with it. So I'm not a baseball fan at all. Uh, you know, I mean, they could close the parks and, and no offense to anyone, but they could close the parks and I would not even notice. Um, but I've been paying attention to this, you know, and of course, it's as long as like, they kept the golf courses open, you'd be happy, Charlie. Exactly, exactly. You know, th- that's, that's, let's have our priorities, right, Charlie? Right, sure, sure, sure. Um, but, you know, there was the baseball strike or lockout uh, or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know which it was because I don't pay that much attention. And that kind of put a damper on this announcement for Apple. But I'm glad to see that it's off and running. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about them getting into live sports, though? This is something new. They flirted, I think, with NFL, the NFL, a little bit at times, trying to buy in and yeah. haven't. Yeah, they not. But I think there's like a there's some add-ons. I think you can get in America to to watch some, I think it's NFL. But uh, this is the first thing that's kind of their own thing as part of their own package that they are producing. Um, you know, the presenters on the pregame show, you know, welcome to Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV Plus. It's all branded Apple TV Plus. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's their first thing. I've discussed this in a variety of places. I, I think it's, it is, a, and I actually wrote about this on the edition newsletter as well. Getting into live sports is a bit of a risk because you have to get it right. People who care about sport really care about sport. Um, And the example I always use is when Amazon Prime Video first bought the rights to Premier League football here in the UK. And um, the first night did not go that well. It was a bit messy. There were delays. People were seeing different things at different times. And as I recall, it was was a bit messy. Um, And you really can't have that. You know, when you're just streaming stuff, it doesn't really matter when people are watching it. but you can't see someone score a goal or hit a home run and someone have loads of messages going to their phone about it or whatever or get some kind of alert and you've not yet seen it because, uh, you know, the joy of live sport is seeing it, you know, live, that moment that it happens. Um, and that's that's all very important. So they've got to get the delays down. And I didn't see any complaints about that. That doesn't mean it didn't happen i just didn't notice it it seemed to be pretty smooth to me well if if you are you're paying attention not just with a sports eye but also with the eye of an analyst or an observer to mm. you know how it's being done and so if you didn't see anything that really was a major hiccup other than the lights going out mm-hmm. then that says they got you know they got at least the first part right i think so um, and, uh, you know, the quality of the stream looked very good to me. I, I'm assuming it was 1080p, but it looked, I mean, I was watching it on a 4K television. It looked very high quality. Um, the, the big thing, and I, I may have mentioned this to you before, actually, Chuck, is the thing about live sport, Apple doing live sport, is for the first time it significantly makes Apple TV Plus in different countries different. So the baseball is only in about six countries, US, Canada, the UK, uh, Puerto Rico, South Korea, Australia, couple, something like that, a few countries. Um, so look, there's obviously lots of other countries that have TV Plus and the TV app, but don't have this. 
And that's quite a big differentiator as well. To, you know, when you get into the sports rights games, it, it kind of gets a bit messy, doesn't it, of who has the rights in what country and for what thing. Well, that's true for everything, it seems. Correct. You know? and, but it's never been a problem that Apple has had to deal with before. No, and it wouldn't surprise me if, as they move forward, if they don't try to push that issue a little bit. Um, because, you know, it's not just, they, they're not just a major network here or a major network in the UK, you know, that has to fill just airtime. You know, they are yeah. a streaming service, so they can stream multiple things. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't stream uh, a European football uh, match the same time they're streaming an American baseball match. Uh, or uh, no, if the t- the, no, you're you're right. In the kind of time, if the time's lined up, there's no, you know, if they had the rights, um, there was talk, and I did some reporting on this that when there was talk of a European Super League in the foot in football world about. I think it was 20 teams would be in this. It crashed and burned because all the fans hated it. But there was some talk amongst a couple of people in kind of media and football that I spoke to who assumed Apple would put some bid in for those TV rights had it come to fruition. Uh, and, you know, it never did. But obviously the, the point is that there's obviously some interest, broader interest in live sport for Apple. And I think your point that, you know, it will be surprising if this is the only thing Apple does in t- in the space of live sports. Uh, I would be very surprised. I think I agree with you. Well, and you pointed out, and it's a, it's a great point that we tend to forget about, um, the idea that uh, the timing doesn't line, necessarily line up for live sports uh, across the oceans. You know, that, that can well, be Well, until problem. the rights holder decides what time something's going to start. Correct. Correct, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd serious. Well, I could, who knows? I could be seriously wrong if uh, if American audiences would tolerate a a midnight start um, or a exactly, you know, a, a, or and the same thing for for Europe. You know, would you start start a European football uh, event at what at I guess six a.m. Uh, right? For Two. various reasons, that or starting it at. Late at night would not good, would not happen. Right. So you know we have for a, we, a myriad of reasons. Sure. And so now we have but, a bunch of different dynamics. Uh, Charlotte is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about streaming sports on both sides of the pond, and introduces us to her newest podcast, The Edition. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.